I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. This is the Build Your Best Family podcast. Today, we are talking about standing strong for our families with guest Allie Worthington. There isn't a rule book on how to do motherhood, but there is an awful lot of opinions from friends and family and our church community and social media about it. As a result, many of us question the decisions we make, especially when they are not the same as everyone else's. For years, I looked to my friends and neighbors and people in my church community to figure out what my life was supposed to look like. I got busy doing a lot of good things. I signed up for the activities that the other moms I knew said I should sign up for. I made sure my kids kept up with their peers physically, socially, and academically. I worked really hard to wear all the hats and be all the things. At first, it was fine because I was just getting used to my new life as a parent, But eventually, it became exhausting. I wasn't confident about the choices I was making because I really was just going through with the flow. Soon, I realized that if I wanted a happy family, if I wanted to be less stressed, less overwhelmed, and step into what God was specifically had for us, I was going to have to make some changes. And these changes involved asking God for guidance, determining my values, my non-negotiables, and then taking small, consistent steps towards what I really wanted for my family. This week's guest, Allie Worthington, knows what it's like to break free from doing what everybody else is doing to follow God's lead for her family. I brought her on the show because I wanted her to teach us about how to break free from disappointing others and become the women and the families we were meant to be. In our conversation, she shares the powerful and often misunderstood role that we have as women and how to identify that inner critic you know what I'm talking about, the one that prevents us from parenting with confidence. Oh, and she also talks with us about her new book, Standing Strong, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Adversity and Living with Confidence. My question for you guys this week is, what is the one thing that you and your family are doing just because you're going with the flow? And then I want you to consider what would it be like to let go of that? And then think about how that would feel. I'd love to talk more about this on Instagram and in the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. Are you ready to start parenting with clarity and purpose? Then let's talk. The free resources I offer are great, and I hope you're using them. But if you want to take it to the next level, I can help with personal insight and support. As a family culture coach, I'm here to help you know exactly what to do as you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We'll use a simplified step-by-step process that will equip you to reach your goals and fulfill your potential together. Head over to www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash coaching to schedule a call. Today, I'm talking with Allie Worthington. Allie is the author of Standing Strong, The Year of Living Happy, Fierce Faith, and Breaking Busy. She is a speaker, podcaster, and business coach. Her goal is to help women reach the next level. Allie co-founded Called Creatives and has helped individuals, small business owners, and Fortune 500 companies reach new levels of success. Allie's no-nonsense, guilt-free take on business, family, and balance led to appearances on The Today Show and Good Morning America. 
Allie and her husband Mark and their five sons live outside Nashville, Tennessee, with the only two golden retrievers who refuse to retrieve. Welcome, Allie. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Hi, friend. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. A question that we ask all our guests that I'm going to ask you is, what is your family known for? I love this question because I had to really sit and think, and I thought of a few different things, but I think I think we would be known as a really kind family, both inside and outside of our home. Mm-hmm. Um, the boys, so we have five boys, which is amazing that they all ended up being kind. They're kind and polite outside, but they're kind and polite inside the home. And I think that to some degree, they kind of follow my husband and I's lead. We're pretty chill. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided when they were little that I wasn't going to have a lot of unnecessary rules. So I didn't always have to be harping on them. Yeah. So we have our main rules and we stick with them, but I'm pretty relaxed on the details. Yeah. What is it that you guys like to do together? How do you have fun together? Well, it depends. There's different segments of the family because the family's mm-hmm. so huge. So my husband and three of the boys like to go skiing in the winter. Mm-hmm. They love to go out to Vail and ski. My husband and the three youngest boys just rolled up in the driveway about 10 minutes ago from going camping. Oh, um, wow. I w- you couldn't force me to go skiing <laughs> or camping. Um, but then... For me and some of my boys, we love to go watch movies together. Mm -hmm. We love to go to amusement parks. So Mm -hmm. I, as crazy as it sounds in this day and age, had a speaking event last weekend and took my 19-year-old with me and we spent the day in an amusement park the next day. Yes, I saw that on Instagram. It was wild. (laughs) We were slathered in hand sanitizer and wearing um, face masks the whole time, which Mm -hmm. uh, you would think would make the whole experience of having a great time lesson, but no, it was yeah. great. I didn't know how much I needed a roller coaster in my life. Oh my gosh. Any lines or like the line there's, there's, there no, no lines? there's nobody there. Ah, oh, it's so nobody nice. there. And before, and they would sanitize the, the rides before you get mm-hmm. on. And before, and when you walk through to get on, they have these big bottles of Purell and they squeeze it. There was so much Purell coating everything <laughs> that I was just wiping it on my pants by the time we, oh, we yeah. you know, halfway through the day. It was, it was wonderful. I can't wait to oh. go back. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Okay. So you're here today to talk to us about your new book, Standing Strong. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about it and who you, and why you wrote it? Yeah. Standing Strong is my story and it's a story for all women to make sure that the two competing factors of self-doubt and adversity to make sure it doesn't take us out. Mm-hmm. Because I believe um, that God told me about two years ago that he had big plans for women that he wanted women to partner with him to do great things in this world, great things being something's big, something small, some things people would know about, some things that's just between you and God, mm-hmm. whether it's you know, starting a business or writing a book or fostering a child or learning a second language or you know, getting a master's degree, whatever it is, building a garden, mm-hmm. that God had something unique for every woman to do to benefit his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that the things that hold women back from hearing the Lord and knowing that He's calling them to something and partnering with Him on it is either adversity or self doubt. And I've really mm-hmm. had focused at the beginning on self doubt more. And I'm so glad we also touched on adversity because hello, 2020. I mean, yeah. for it to come out 
um, October, 2020, when we're all looking around going, okay, this is the hardest year we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an honor to be able to bring that message right now. Yeah. I know so many women, um, especially women that are in the trenches with little ones, they have a tendency to say, well, I'm just a mom. They, they tend to feel like their life is on hold, but that's not how God sees it. And I know that's not how you see it either. You talked in your book about the word easer and I, and what it has to do with our calling within our families. And so can you talk to us more about that? Yeah. And uh, let me say one thing first. So for the first, all I ever wanted to do my whole life was to be a stay home mom and have a big mm-hmm. giant family. Loved it. Now, Obviously, I'm running my own company and I'm an author. The kids are older, but for the first mm-hmm. 10 years of raising kids, I was a stay-at-home mom, did not have any desire or dream to do anything different. Yeah. But God, through situations in my life, kind of called me up to it. And so for anyone who is staying home with kids, whether her kids are two and three or they're 17 and 18, it is really important for us to remember that our Our purpose is singular in life. Our purpose is to decide if we are going to follow God or not. That's it. And if we are, we tell other people about him and we do things for him and we serve him. That's our purpose. So no one's missed their purpose or can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. Our calling is different in each season, whether we are working our way through college or we're getting single, we're getting married and having kids, or we're in the throes of having kids everywhere and we don't feel like, you know, we can catch a break or get a shower. Whatever our calling is, God will show it to us with our circumstances. It's the work that he puts in our hands. Mm. And I think sometimes women forget that maybe we have a calling in one time of life for 10 years or 20 years, but then God's going to call us to a new adventure. God's going to have new things for us. So if anybody's listening, going, I'm just a mom. First of all, you may be raising a child that's the president or discovers a cure for cancer or does something Mm -hmm. or as a teacher, because Lord knows we need good teachers. Yeah. The greatest thing that we ever do in our lives could be the people that we raise, kind of paraphrasing Andy Stanley. And so it's never just a mom, but also I want women to remember that they may be stay-home moms or they may be in the throes of it, but in five years or 10 years or 15 years, God may call them to something new, something that's yeah. really exciting that they can't even wrap their brains around. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, so that was the first part. And yes, okay, so the word azer, connecto. So the first way women are referred to in the Bible is that, and that is a Hebrew word, which means in a helper, azer, connecto, in opposition to. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard opposition to, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a problem. We're supposed to be opposing <laughs> you know, people, but it is strength that comes from two opposing, but equal forces, like two wings of a plane, two mm-hmm. wheels on a bike. Those things are in opposition. And because they're in opposition, they're forceful and they're balanced. Mm-hmm. I think about, oh, a plank standing up on its own, super easy to fall over. If you take another plank, and lean it up against that plank, and they're they're two opposing forces. They're going to be strong, mm-hmm. and they're going to stand. Yeah, and that's the vision for women. We are an opposing force to the man, where we bring balance and we bring strength. And if you look at the word azer in scripture, it's used twenty-one times. Of course, it's used for women. Sixteen of those twenty-one times, it's used as a military term for God being the defense of Israel. Wow. So this is not a 
a helper in opposition to that's meant to just pick up socks all day. Mm-hmm. This is someone strong and ready for battle and helpful and good and wise. So when we start seeing ourselves that way, whether, like I said, we're in the phase where we're working our way through school or we're raising little kids or we're sending kids off to college and going, okay, Lord, what's next for me in my calling? What calling do you have Mm -hmm. for me next? That he means for us to be strong and wise. And yes, a strength that's equal to and balances out the strength that men have. And when we Mm -hmm. kind of lean in together, it really protects us and our families because as we know, um, you don't mess with a mama, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think women underestimate sometimes the power that they have within a family, yeah. you know, especially when it comes to building culture, they are such an integral part of building culture. And so if they happen to not have, you know, the 100% cheerleading support of their husband to do all of this type of work that tends to fall under the caregiver's role, um, they, there's there's so much power in what they can do on their own. And when you you talk about this word easer and how the Bible defines it and how it's it's the defense and the strength, it really just reinforces this idea that there's so many things we can do with in our homes and they can be very little things done consistently or they can be big things. But there is just a strength that we have that I think we underestimate often. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I mean, I find it is the small things that I do it is just, it's who I am that affect my children the most and affect the yeah. culture of our family. I, mean, I read once that it's not so much everything that we do, it's who we are as parents because who we are rubs off on kids. Yeah. And for a woman, for a mother, we are, we are teaching our kids every single day how to, how to look at the world, how to react to the world, how to lead well. Um, Mm -hmm. how, when hard times come, how do we handle it? How do we put it in perspective? You know, how do we take it to the Lord? How do we make sure that we're making decisions wisely? They watch all of those things. Mm -hmm. Every, every little bit, even when we don't think they're watching. Yeah. And we touched on the time period where moms are at home. I think even when, when you're a working mom, whether you work outside the house or you work inside the house, how you relate to work and how you relate to your family, your, your, your kids see as well. When I I transitioned to be like a work from home mom and started to put boundaries around my time, I really struggled with, am I doing the right thing? Should I be giving them more attention? And then I realized it's important for them to see that I care about the work I do. It's important for them to see me taking that seriously and how I relate to that and what it means for us and as a family as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that it probably gone are the days that our kids are going to grow up and will they'll have one income. Some will, some won't. Mm-hmm. So work is just a normal part of life, whether we work from home or we work outside of the home. And I've had some really interesting experiences with my work as an entrepreneur feeling like God is leading me in a certain way or when he's when he's led me to close down one business and step out in faith I've told my older children about it yeah and I remember when God was leading me to leave a ministry that I was running I was so nervous about leaving and my oldest son was 19 at the time I think 19 or 20 Mm-hmm. And I was saying, yep, I'm going to obey him, but I'm really nervous. I'm not quite sure how it's going to turn out. And he said, well, look at all the times that God's come through for you. You should be really mm-hmm. excited. God is about to do something big. 
Mm-hmm. I thought, thank goodness all those years I had just been casually sharing as we went about life. Here's what, here's what I hear God saying. Here's mm-hmm. where, where I think God's moving. Here's how I'm going to obey. Um, because that probably affected that son that I'm talking about, his faith, more than the years he spent going to church on Sunday morning because he, uh, he watches me live it out. Yeah. Yeah. And how nice to be able to have your kids encourage you. Oh, and humble. <laughs> I, was, I was terrified at the time, feeling sorry for myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And they're honest, right? Kids are honest. They'll tell it to you how it is. Oh yeah. I hear all the time that I'm not cool. Oh no. Definitely. Cause I, well, I'm not, well, I'm okay with that, That I definitely can't sing. And uh-huh. I am not with the program with what all the cool kids are doing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I've been told not to show them the, the dances I learned in hip hop class. They're like, please don't, don't, we can't unsee that. <laughs> like, okay, you sure? Cause I'll show you. <laughs> oh man. All right. So I know that families struggle from breaking away from what others expect of them. I know that for a long time we were doing life in a way that was just like what everybody else in our neighborhood was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, let's, I want to, I want to hear what you have to say about what is the results of that, of staying stuck in a place where we're just meeting others' expectations. And then how can we break free from that, get rid of that fear of disappointing others and really step into what God has for us? Well, the first book I ever wrote was called Breaking Busy. And I wrote a lot about us, my husband and I going, we're, we're dying under the weight of everything. We've got to turn things around. We've got to figure, how does God want us to live? Mm-hmm. How does he want us to make decisions? Because if we keep doing everything because we're quote unquote supposed to be doing it or everybody else is doing it, yeah. we're going to drive ourselves crazy. Mm-hmm. And for us, one of the things that we decided to do when my business was growing and I was traveling a lot, and this was eight, a little over eight years ago, we made the decision for my husband to retire from his job and be a stay-home dad. Or mm-hmm. as he tells the other men, I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Because at the time, our youngest was four and our oldest was 14. Mm -hmm. And we knew having all of those kids with my career kind of on the upswing and traveling a lot, we really needed my husband kind of close, paying attention, being the person to drive them to school, pick them up from school. Yeah. And we didn't realize how interesting a choice that was going to be to other people, <laughs> especially at church. So our friends at oh. church were saying, how are, how are you reacting to the pushback? And how are you reacting to, to everyone finding it so shocking? And we were like, nope, nobody's pushing back or telling us it's shocking, but apparently it is because oh. you guys keep asking us. I was going to say, is that their way of pushing back? I think so, yeah. <laughs> and for us, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. For us, it... It helped us kind of break out of that pattern of busyness. And of course, there's practical solutions. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling everyone to quit their job. Mm -hmm. But that was our first experience of watching people go, oh, that's a very different thing to choose. I mean, well, it's Mm -hmm. our second experience. The first experience was having a big family. Because with the first child, everybody's happy. Yeah. Second child, people go, yay, a sibling. Third child, they go, oh, that's an odd number. Yeah. Fourth child, <laughs> yeah. That to me. Fourth child, they're like, oh, okay, maybe you're rounding it out. But fifth child, they were like, what are you even doing? Are you <laughs> that responsible? There's there's population issues in the world. <laughs> what are you doing? I can't even imagine what people would say with the six. Oh my god. So we we you know that was our first time really going against the grain. But I think for all of us, 
learning that we can't be limited by other people's opinion or the fear of disappointing others when we're following God's calling in our life. And mm-hmm. I found this great part in Luke where Jesus is in, is in Capernaum and he goes off to pray and the people go to find him like they always did. And when they found him, he said, hey, I've got to get on up the road. This is why I was sent. And the Bible is, you know, Luke is so matter of fact, it says, mm-hmm. The people tried to get him to stay. They tried to keep him from leaving. And normally I read it and go, okay, people tried to get him from reading. But that day I realized like Jesus was with them. He was doing miracles. He was healing people. He was being Mm -hmm. Jesus. It was the best thing in the world. Yeah. And he's like, I'm out. I got to go to the next town. I got to go tell people. How disappointed would I be? I would cry. I would gnash my teeth. I'd try to manipulate him to stay because he can't be manipulated. Yeah. I would be disappointed. And that was such a a light bulb for me because I realized Jesus disappointed people. Mm. The perfect Jesus, God come to earth, never sinned, lived a perfect life, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and is seated at the right hand of the Father now, preparing a place for us. He disappointed people. Yeah. And I realized if I kept living my life afraid of other people's reaction when I knew God was calling me in a direction, afraid mm-hmm. of disappointing people, I was making something a sin that Jesus did. Mm. And that for me changed everything because once I realized that sometimes disappointing other people is a natural part of us living out our calling, it gave me the strength to go, it's okay if sometimes people are disappointed by what I do because I know this is right for me and I know mm-hmm. it's right for my family. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's amazing. I know like when we tried slowing down one summer, it was like, well, what, what are you doing? Well, what do you do with your time? And what are you, why are you doing that? Like, it's amazing the, the what others have to say about what we choose for our family. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the work I do is just about giving people the courage and the confidence to say, no, this is, this is what we're going to do for my family, our family. This is what God's called us to do. And it's so good. Yeah. It's so important to get that message out when, we were trying to decide what to do about school this year. Mm. Our three youngest boys, they have, my family's been in this one little school for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Our family's been there longest of all families. And it was a hard decision not to send them back this year Yeah, because their friends were going back. And I was texting with one of my son's mothers and she said, well, I'm sending him to school. We've made the decision. And she was almost apologetic about it. And I said, okay, that's great. I hope it goes well. We'll miss you guys. You know, hope we can come back after Christmas or maybe we can come back next year, depending on what's happening with COVID. Mm-hmm. And she said, thank you so much for being happy for me and supporting me because oh, yeah. everybody, whatever decision they're making, they're pre and she's at Enneagram nine. She's a peacemaker that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. everybody is being so aggressive with what decision they think we should make. It's so nice to have somebody just support the decision that my family's making. Yeah. Yeah. We need those messages. We need to be reminded that it's okay for us to make decisions and take care of our families in a Mm -hmm. way that works for us. Mm -hmm. We don't have to take a poll and make sure that, that every mom on the street agrees. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so right. Especially now during COVID, I think a lot of people made a lot of decisions around their families that maybe we don't understand, mm-hmm. but we as as friends and as people that are in community with them, and even as neighbors who maybe don't know them well, to be able to give them that grace and support them, I think is really important now. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're wearing your mask, I don't care what you do. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so we all have an inner critic that has the power to prevent us from stepping into what God has for us and our family. You talk a little bit about this in the book, so I would love for you to tell us how we can identify that inner critic and dis- and discern it from the other voices that are speaking into our lives, whether it's people that mean well, our friends, our family, whoever. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. Sometimes when we think about the inner critic, we actually think that the inner critic is like the better version of us. Mm. She knows what Mm -hmm. to do. She knows how to do everything perfectly. She's going to let you know when you don't do things perfectly. And so when we look at the inner critic like that, we're like, well, we better please the inner critic. And when she see when she starts criticizing me, I better up my game and do a better job. But the inner critic, I like to think of her like a mentally unstable nanny screaming at us so we don't get hurt. Because she doesn't know better than us. She's just terrified that we'll be hurt or we'll be disappointed or mm-hmm. we'll be embarrassed. I like to think of the inner critic as kind of a Mrs. Doubtfire. Remember that movie? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the inner critic. And like, she's screaming at me and she's always, you know, getting me to stop or telling me to do something better. Mm. And like I said, it's not because she knows better. It's just because she's scared. And once I started viewing the inner critic as Mrs. Doubtfire, instead of some brilliant higher version of myself that I should try to be, it helped me take away the power of that voice in my head. Yeah. And what's really dangerous is sometimes we hear the the voice of the inner critic because the voice that we hear more than any other voice is our own. Mm. And we assume that it's the Holy Spirit. But one thing that I learned through doing a lot of research and prayer and, and spending time in scripture is God's voice is always nicer to us than we are. So if we hear a message in our head that is critical, Mm-hmm. It's not God. Yeah. If we hear something that is shaming, it's not God. God will never try to shame us into submission. He will convict us when we need to change our ways. Mm-hmm. He will give us a good, healthy guilt when we've made a mistake so we can go make things right. But shaming, criticism, yeah. that harshness, that's not of the Lord. That's our own inner critic. So yeah. when we hear a message and we go, okay, is this, is this voice calling me to love well, calling me to live well, calling me to new levels of faith and trust? Mm-hmm. That's, that can potentially be the voice of the Holy Spirit. Or is this voice shaming me into submission mm-hmm. and criticizing me and harsh? That's normally the way we talk to ourselves. And once I started viewing it that way through the lens of what is the heart of God, how would Jesus speak to us if we were here, mm-hmm. and h- how do we learn to separate that from our from just beating ourselves up? It really changed everything for me. Yeah, I think with the inner critic, I think we're so used to hearing it that we don't even recognize it anymore. Yeah. You know, you just assume that that's just, I don't know, who I am, or that's just... Yeah, that that person, that inner critic has authority and they know what they're talking about when really they don't. And uh, I love that whole idea of personifying that inner critic in order to identify it. Yep, Mrs. Doubtfire is just screaming at me again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm picturing that in my head right now. (laughs) All right, so one last thing for I would love for you to leave with our listeners. If they wanted to begin today, what would you suggest that they do in order to allow them to start standing up 
as strong women for their families? I think that the most important thing we can do is do a lot of work on ourselves. Because again, what shapes our children's lives, who we are. Mm -hmm. And the more we can work to become self-aware, the more we can work to be the healthiest versions of ourselves that we can, the more it will affect our families. It affects our marriages. It affects our children. Mm -hmm. One of the tools that I use that's been so helpful to me in the past few years is the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. You know, realizing I'm an Enneagram 7. I'm an enthusiast. I go big on everything. If I'm at an amusement park, I'm riding that roller coaster 10 times. You know, that's me. But knowing the Enneagram like I do, I know what my behavior is when I'm not healthy or when I'm under stress. Mm-hmm. And because I can be self-aware, it helps me when I'm under stress or if I'm upset or going through something hard and hello, 2020, that's life. Yeah. That self-awareness helps me not damage my family with it mm-hmm. because I can go, oh, I'm under stress. I, I feel myself being mm-hmm. critical. I feel myself not showing as much love as I should. Let me go to the Lord. Let me pray about this. Let me, let me take a bubble bath get everything in the way it needs to be (laughs) so I can, so we can as parents lead our families well, so we can love well. And sometimes we put so much pressure on us, on ourselves to do, do, do. And we try to fix everything and we try to behave in certain ways when sometimes we don't need to do anything else. We just need to be brave enough to work on our self-awareness so we can make sure that we are as emotionally healthy as we can be for our families. Yeah, that's a great tip because as you're talking, I'm thinking about I really started to have confidence in my parenting when I became self-aware, not when I got more tips and tricks and tools and had a ton of experience. It was when because I started when I started to understand myself, what I was motivated by, what were the things that I needed, who I was. Yeah. 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 That's good. 100%. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. This was such a pleasure. Oh, thank you. This has been great. Thanks for having me. You can find Allie at AllieWorthington.com and she's on Instagram as Allie Worthington. Her book, Standing Strong, can be found wherever books are sold. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave a review? Besides sharing this episode with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. Purpose.